0: I'm oh, sorry, just the presence of God. Just I just really sense God's presence with us here this morning. I don't, know, I don't know whether you feel it or not. Sometimes, let me just say this, sometimes we can be in a place, we can be in a meeting, and some can sense the presence of God and some don't necessarily feel it. It's not about the feelings. God is here with us today. And those words that we've just sung those amazing words what our Savior did for us my prayer for us is that we are touched by that that it impacts us here both in our emotions but in our heart as well and that we we do something with that I just really touched by that song this morning thanks for bringing it to John Absolutely, absolutely blown away by that. I just really sense God's presence. Somebody sent me um, a message. I think it was yesterday. I think it was a text message. And in it they said, have you seen this? This is awful. This is terrible. And they actually sent me, or they pointed out an article in the Telegraph online dated August the 4th, 2023. So just, was it day before yesterday? And the headline is, children as young as seven will get transgender treatment on the NHS, according to plans seen by the Telegraph. You know, that's quite, that's, that's, that's quite, okay, I'm speechless. If you read the article, you read actually there are some positive points within this article let me just read some little extracts for you from it for the first time a minimum age of seven has been set for referral to the gender identity clinics these children will be offered psychological support and therapy that will focus on issues that may have led to their feelings about their gender we haven't heard them saying that before that is a positive in this However, experts have warned that the age restriction could still put young children with mental health problems on a pathway to medical transition. And it goes on to say, the move came amid growing concern about the impact of gender ideology on children, including in schools where some are being socially transitioned without their parents' consent. As part of the new approach, medics have been reminded that, wait for it, this is the earth shattering piece of information that they've been reminded of for most young people the feeling of being in the wrong body is just a phase and does not persist into adulthood there is some good in that article but how have we got here How have we got here as a nation? How have we got to this place where we're talking about we're going to even start transitioning seven-year-olds? I'm not being politically correct now. There are people out there who would be really upset with me saying this. It's wrong. Now, I don't want to get on a rant this morning. I really don't want to get on a rant this morning. But I did feel that this fed into what I feel God has put in my heart for us. That wasn't why I was crying. I was crying because of the presence of God. And I know that God can do something about that. And maybe when we have our prayer meeting next Sunday evening, maybe we can pray about that. I don't know. Let's see what God does. But we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for the nations because it's not just our nation that's the problem. But how have we got to this place? Let's just pray for a second. Father God, I pray. I pray about this particular problem that we have in our nation and across the nations. It's not just our nation, Lord. Satan's really done a job. And we cry out to you for mercy. We cry out to you for mercy. And we cry out to you, Lord, for men and women in the right places to be able to stand up for you and that your Holy Spirit will bring a, 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 a break on this stuff. Lord, we know that your Spirit is working in the world at the moment because we are here, because your church is in the world. And because your church is in the world, your Holy Spirit is in the world. And because your Holy Spirit is in the world, it is bringing a break. It is changing things. And we ask you, Father God, in this situation, would you please please bring a break? Raise up those who will speak against this. We ask that in your name. You know, there is a growing concern around us at the moment. If you, if you look, if you look on social media, there is a growing concern about social media and how it's impacting and influencing our teens, our children, our youngsters. It's not just them that are getting influenced by it. All of us are actually at some way getting uh, impacted by this. The influence of social media platforms such as Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook are all having huge impacts on people. Now, don't take this as me saying this is what you should do, but personally, I don't like Instagram. I don't like TikTok. I don't like Facebook. I, don't, I have an account on Facebook which I haven't used for about eight years. I just don't like the way it invades my privacy, my space. And so for me... I've actually pulled back from them, but that's not what I'm trying to say this morning. What I'm trying to say is that these things are having a huge influence on our culture and they're having an influence on us as well. Um, you know, the, it, it's, 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 it's interesting that there is now called a culture. It's now, the culture now is called an influencer culture. That is, we live in a world where somebody can have an influence on millions of people. They decide something is good, and millions of people decide it is good as well. That is what we have within this culture. And, and this culture which, which people uh, use all these platforms to bring all this stuff, interestingly, that, that just this is its statistics. And you'll see how this... this fits in in a minute. these are the statistics on sixty one percent of consumers trust influencers recommendations. over half of the people that are being in uh, by, are being con- connected to and and, and have relate, have some form of link with these influencers online these people who have all these different followers over fifty percent of them are being influenced to do things. Because of the people that are there. Here's another one. Eight out of ten consumers purchased something. That's 80%. purchase something after seeing it recommended by an influencer that they follow. 80%. 87% of users took action. I'm not sure exactly what the action was. After seeing products on Instagram. This is scary. And do you know what's even more scary? They are now talking about something called, um, what is it? It's called micro-influencers and nano-influencers. A micro-influencer, the the, the big influencers have millions of people that that follow them, or or hundreds of thousands that follow them. But if you look at micro-influencers, that that means anybody with up to 50,000 people following them. They're micro, they're small. And anyone with up to 5,000 people following them is nano. They're tiny. They're minuscule. But do you know the scary thing about that? Those micro and nano influencers have more influence on the people following them than the celebrities do with their millions. The celebrities influence 0.1, 0.2, 0.3, 0.5, 1%, 2%. These guys, the nano and the micro, influence 10,
1: 15%.
0: It is... It is scary. And this is the world that we live in. And I believe that we just need to be aware of this. Even the whole thing about gender and that, it's driven because so many people are saying this is a good thing. This is what you should think. This is how you should be. And I just felt the Lord saying that we need to be aware. We need to be checking where our influences come from. Okay, now again, let me try and lighten this a bit. I'm not trying to get really heavy. I'm just trying to say, this is the world in which we live. This is the world that we wake up in the morning to and we go to bed at night. It's the world that we see portrayed on our televisions. It's the world that we see portrayed on the radio programs that we listen to, the plays that we watch. That is the world that is being portrayed, this sort of world. And I just want—I felt God saying to me, ask the question, who are we following? It's all about followers. I can remember back in the day when it, it I, I, for a little while in Facebook, it was like, oh, I've got 50 people following me now. Now I'm up to 100. Oh, wow, I've got 100 people who want to know what I want to say. And it, it, it plays to that sense of, of, of building you up. This year's, this year's theme is hill climbing for beginners. And we've been looking, if you think about it, we've been looking since the beginning of the year at the various different challenges that we face as Christians, the everyday challenges that we come to, the hills that we have to climb. A little bit like the dog thing, you know, you go up and down that hill and it, and there's a hill that you just have to, you just knew you had to go up. You had to get the train, you had to go up there, you couldn't leave it be. And so often our life is like that as Christians. We hit these problems in our life, we hit the challenges in our life, and we just have to go through them. We have to go over those hills. And then we've recently finished the Sermon on the Mount series, looking at the character of those who are followers of Jesus. Notice the link there, followers. (laughs) We've seen the character of the followers of Jesus. It comes from here. It's a heart thing. It's a character thing. It's a God character thing within us. And we've been challenged by that. And as I've been thinking about that and and, and just pondering it and pondering the sermons, we've had some very challenging sermons, both to prepare and I believe even in, in the message that's within them and that we've shared from all of us. We've we've felt a real sense that we've we've had a responsibility and we felt God has really given us stuff, and I, I feel there's been a challenge through this year. And as I pondered that, as I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about these next two weeks, and I'm going to be doing uh, this mini series, I, w- I was challenged to have a response to what God is doing, not to just hear the sermon, think that was good, gr- that was good, go out on the Sunday, and then completely forget about it. But I want, I don't want to lose what I feel God is saying both to me and to us. And I was really challenged by Jesus' words to his disciples just before returning to heaven. Interesting, at the beginning of Matthew, well, roughly at the beginning, verses 5 and 6, chapters 5 and 6, I mean, we have that, what we've just gone through, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And we've got Jesus laying out what the character of those of us who follow him should be and we've been we've been hearing that we've been challenged by that and Jesus was laying that out the disciples were there and they were listening and then what you've got is through the book of Matthew you read the story of Jesus life his actual doing of things you see him healing people and and raising the dead and 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 dealing with demons and and just all sorts of stuff God's God's just doing amazing things through Jesus Jesus is doing these amazing things so the disciples have been taught they've been shown then they've had the illustrations they've had the the, the, the practical side shown to them and then i just saw it in this way as i was thinking about this when you come to matthew chapter 28 right at the end there you know this scripture matthew 28 the great commission what you've got there is jesus then giving them a very practical way that they can take that teaching and that learning that they've had with him and actually apply it to their lives and what does jesus do Oop, this isn't on. Look at that. I'm all ready to go, and it's not on. There you go. Matthew 28, 16 to 20, we see this. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Let's just pause a second. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? We've just had these guys. This is three years in. They've spent three years walking with Jesus. They've seen the dead raised. They've seen thousands of people fed from a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. They've seen demons cast out. They've seen friends and family healed, amazingly. They've even, they, 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 they saw one of Jesus' best friends brought back to life. All this stuff has been going on and right at the end of the ministry you've got these 11 people. We're not now talking about all the multitudes that were around. This is the 11. They're with Jesus. They've been through all of this and still... But some of them doubted. I just felt the Lord say, look, just don't beat yourselves up, okay? Don't beat yourselves up. If you're struggling if you're struggling with doubt if you're struggling with with knowing the sensing the presence of god in your life if you're struggling if you're going through stuff don't beat yourself up recognize what's going on you see I am an emotional person that's why I was crying when I walked up here this morning because I just I find I'm more and more like my father as I get older and older he was a man who would start praying and then start crying and he just you just had to wait for him to finish crying and then he'd come back and finish praying it was it was an interesting gentleman and I thought I'd never want to be like that I'm never going to be like that Lord look at me I get all like, all sort of passionate and God's just touched me he's, he's wrecked my insides <laughs> um but but what we what we see here is is God I believe wants to say to us listen don't don't run on those feelings don't run on those feelings don't run on those feelings of abandonment don't run on those feelings that I'm not good enough don't run on those feelings that I can't do this don't run on those feelings because the feelings will let you down yesterday was a horrible day wasn't it now I'm talking about the weather okay I'm very british so I'm talking about the weather yesterday was a horrible day wasn't it Do you know what? I felt down all day. Seriously. I felt down all day because it was dark. It was dismal. The house was dismal. There wasn't enough light coming in. You have to put the lights on during the day. It's wet. It's rainy. It's horrible. I felt down. I cannot trust my feelings. But what we have to trust in is faith. We have to stand in faith. We have to put on the armor. Now that's a different preach and I'm not going to get into that. But... We have to put on the helmet of salvation. We have to know that Christ has saved us, his grace. We have to hold the shield of faith. And no matter how we feel, we need to recognize by faith that God is with us. Let me get back to the reading. Verses 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oops. Oh, it is there. I've I've gone on, yes. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I felt that the Lord gave me two challenges as I read this. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Hence my introduction. Who are we following? What does it mean to be a follower in today's society? And am I, are we ready to make disciples? Am I, so I'm not just talking now as a church. Is Harefield ready? To, no, that, that's not what I'm asking are we, and I did this last time I preached. You see, it's about being a priesthood of believers. We are a priesthood of believers. You and me before God are exactly the same. Just because I get to preach, I get to spout off, I get to talk to you like this, It's not because I am better or because something is significantly more holy or worthy or anything about me. It's just the job God's given me. And let me tell you a little secret as well. It could go like that. Because it did. Twice, this part of my ministry has not been there. Twice, I've said to the Lord, okay, I give it up. I let it go. See, this bit, this me standing here talking to you is not the most important thing because we are a fellowship. We are a body of priests before the Lord. That is what is really important and that is what I felt God, part of what God put on my heart. Let's have a look at Matthew, this this one here. It says this, it says go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach these new disciples to obey who goes to teach them who goes to teach them and who goes to to, to baptize them who goes to do this stuff well Mark and and the evangelism team they go in the town each week they're the ones that go and do it no no because we are A priesthood of believers and yes they have a job to do just like I have a job to do but actually you get to save them or rather you get to be there when the Holy Spirit saves them you get to pray for them you and I get to see miracles happen do we believe this am I preaching to people who understand this or am I just just blowing in the wind It seems beyond what we can do. We get so used to letting the professionals get on with it and do the stuff that they do, the preachers to preach. Do you know what? You can preach just as powerfully as I can. And my preaching isn't necessarily that powerful. I've heard men who are far better at than me and women You can say a word. You can preach a word. You can bring the word of God into somebody's life and it will change their lives forever because actually it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about the Holy Spirit. And it's about us being in the right place at the right time and even that is about what the Holy Spirit does for us. Go and make disciples. Jesus challenged his disciples to make disciples. Okay, just... Follow me on this little thing. The response to Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5 and 6 is to go and make disciples. So we've heard God. They'd heard Jesus speaking about what it is to be part of the kingdom. They'd seen what Jesus has done. And then Jesus says, Go and do this. We have done the same. We have heard what Jesus has said about being part of the kingdom. We can see what Jesus has done. And we too are being challenged to respond to what Jesus has done. So, what is a disciple? Go and make disciples. How can we make disciples if we don't know what disciples are? Let me just throw this question in. Who are we following? It's very relevant. The name Christian. If you call yourself a Christian, it comes from the Latin Christian... uh, What is it? I better read it before I go. Christianus. That's it. It comes from the Latin Christianus. I did do Latin, but I bombed out with a lovely big zero in my Latin exam. So... I've got better on the Greek than the Latin. Anyway, that's besides the point. Christianus, a follower of Christ. Okay? So becoming a Christian is becoming a follower. If you look at Luke 18, Matthew 16, Mark 11, Luke 9, and if you want to get these after, see me after, and I'll give you the list of, of, of references. But if you look at those, what did Jesus say to all those people when he came up to them? He said, follow me. And so, when you become a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, you are a follower. You said, I'm a follower of Christ. Okay, let's have a look. Webster's definition of a disciple is a pupil or follower of any teacher or school. Okay, one writer, a theologian, he puts it this way. He says, a true disciple is not just a student or a learner, but a follower And then he classifies that. And he says this, and I think this is really powerful. One who applies what he has learnt. A follower is one who applies what he has learnt. In other words, if we are Christians, then we're followers of Jesus. And if we're followers of Jesus, then we are disciples of Jesus. And oh boy, when Jesus said to his disciples, go and make disciples, it means he's saying to you and me, Go and make disciples. You can do this. You can do this. Doesn't matter how small or insignificant you feel, you can do this. Why? because you are a follower, you are a disciple, and Jesus has given you his Holy Spirit. And actually, the work is not about you coming up with all these wonderful, skillful arguments that to argue people into the kingdom. It's about you allowing, as we've said before over the last weeks, allowing the fragrance of Christ in your life. What God has done for you, allow God to bring that out. It's important to understand it. Look at 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter two nine says, and it's, it's Peter has been speaking about the spiritual temple, he's been talking about us being uh, living stones built into this spiritual temple, and, and, he, and actually Peter has talked about Jesus, the, the rock, the stone that, 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 that people trip over, those who, who, who don't want their lives to be, to be ruled by the Lord, they fall over it. And, it, and then he says this, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people, you are a royal priesthood, You are royal priests, rather, or in another version, royal priesthood. A holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's you, that's me. That's all of us. Every single one who is born again in this room. Every single one of you that has given their life. Now, if you're here and you've never asked Christ into your life, if you've never given your life to him, if you've never given him authority to tell you how to live your life, in other words, become a Christian, then just talk to one of us afterwards and we'd love to talk to you about it. And again, let me just say, we're talking about some heavy stuff here, but actually being a Christian is fun. It is a blessing. You have God working in you and through you. There is nothing like knowing that God is working with you is there for you. You and I are not here as consumers. We live in a consumer society. Do you know we're not here as consumers? Let me just say this. Why did you come today? Why did I come today? I came because I had to preach. That's not good enough. Why did you come? Because I need recharge, I need to get through the week, I need some ministry, I, I really love and enjoy singing the songs. All of those things are great. Yes, we do need to come and have a recharge but actually we should also be here because we are priests. We should be here to serve and to minister. Every single one of us, every single one of us has a role to play without exception. If you love the Lord, if you've given your life to Him, if you're born again, then you too can be used. You see, that's the whole thing. Jesus can use any one of us. Ephesians 2.8 God saves you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. And for so long I tend to stop there. Not always. I do sometimes read that last little bit of verse. But I tend to stop. And I get caught with this. Look what God has done. Look what God has done. But there is an extra little bit in there. Which struck me as I was preparing. And it says. So we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. If we don't grasp this, if we don't recognize what God can do with us, if we don't recognize that God wants to use every single one of us, then we won't step out in faith. We won't take the risks. Are we ready to minister to those God is saving here in Harlow? I could go on, but I'm not going to because I'm going to preach... I've got more to preach, and I've got a load to preach on actually how we make disciples. But let me leave you with this. Are we ready to minister to those who God is saving here in Harlow? Are we ready to make disciples? And I don't mean just us as a church. I don't just mean that the elders and the deacons will get together, we'll put on programs, we'll open up the church, we'll do different I'm not just talking about that. This church is a loving church. I'm going to finish here. This church is a loving church. This church has shown us great love. This church has shown many a real warmth. It's opened its heart. But I just sense God is saying, I want more of you now. I want you to get your hands dirty. I want you to make disciples. We need to love them in. We need to welcome them them in. We need to welcome those people that we find difficult. I was talking to somebody in the week and we were just talking about different problems within the town and recognizing the drug problem in the town and other things. And if I'm really honest, I find that hard. Even when I worked at a food bank, I find it really hard. Some people, I just find it really difficult to, 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 to put aside my feelings and just minister to. That's why God wants us it people as a body, as, as as individuals to come together with the giftings and, and, and the tolerances that we all have. Some of us are more tolerant about certain things than others. Some have been through experiences that give us a softness of heart which somebody that I, that I would meet, I would feel maybe frustrated with where they're at and then not be able to minister to them in that way. That is why God says, you are my disciples. You need to act like my disciples. I have called you to reach out and to minister to Harlow. And actually, dare I say, whether you're in this church or another church in the town, God is calling you. Because Harlow needs you. Because our nation needs you. Look what we started with. Things are an absolute mess. Unless you and I are truly disciples, that is following the Lord, that is doing what he's saying, and we'll come back to that, and there are some challenges, and we'll look at that next week. God wants to use you and me. So my challenge is, are we ready? Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you that you have called us, that we are your children, and that you've called us to follow you. And I just pray now, Lord, that you will put in our hearts how we do that. Lord, we will look at the beginning of next week's preach on how and the challenges. But I pray that you, through this week, will be stirring in us new desires. I pray, Lord, that you will put a passion in our heart for Harlow and for the people of Harlow. That you will put a passion in our heart for the people around us. That you will give us a peace in our heart. And, and faith in our heart that we will be the right person in the right place at the right time to bring the right message that you want to use in somebody's life. And Lord, that I can do that. Every single one of us. So Lord, just speak to us and just build us, Lord, and encourage us. Father, I thank you that what we've said today is not meant to pull us down, it's meant to challenge us to want more. Lord, a little bit like putting too much salt on the food and then you end up thirsty. I pray that this will be like adding spiritual salt to our lives that will make us thirsty for more of you. So Lord, I pray, guide us, challenge us and encourage us through this coming week. In your name, Amen. Thank you, Dave. We're going to sing again. And this song called, Yet Not I, But through Christ in me tells us that it isn't what we can do but it's what Jesus does by his spirit in us so let's stand as we sing
1: what gift of grace is Jesus my redeemer there is no more for heaven now to give He is my joy My righteousness and freedom My steadfast love My deep and boundless being To this I owe My hope is only Jesus For my life is wholly bound to me Oh how strange and divine I can sing all is mine yet not I but through Christ in name The night is dark but I am not forsaken. For by my side, the Savior he will say I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, For he in me, his power is displayed. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me, Through the deepest valley he will be. Oh, the night has been long, and I shall overcome. Yet not I, but through cry in me. No fear I dread, for I am forgiven. The future sure the price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon, and are afraid to overflow the grave. To this I owe my sin has been erased. Jesus now and ever is my King Oh, the chains are released I can sing I am free Yet not I, but through Christ With every breath I long to follow Jesus, and he has said that he will bring me home, and day by day I know he will renew me, until I stand with joy before the to this I am. My hope is only Jesus all oh, the glory evermore to Him When the race is complete I thought I but through Christ To this I hold My hope is only Jesus the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, till my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. When the grace is complete, I shall sing, shall repeat. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me.
0: Amen. And let's just finish now with a a great song, How Good You've Been to Me. Let's just just let ourselves go and praise God. He's been good to us. Life has not always been good to us, but Jesus is always good to us. Two, three, four.
1: How good you have been to me, forever faithful. How true are your promises, never shake. You are the light of my life. You are the reason I live. I live for you. I place no one above you. I walk with you. Always, always. To talk with you. Until the breath for my face, how amazing, how amazing you are how rich is your word of oh me how soft is your voice I hear the chant that me each day I wait to your love. I know that I am this of God I live for you I play the no one above you. things I walk with you for our to talk with you, and feel your breath on my face, how amazing how amazing you are. What a reason I do I live for you I face no one above you I walk with you Always, always To talk with you And feel your breath on my breath. How amazing, How I How amazing, How amazing. How, amazing, how, amazing, how, amazing, how amazing.